Alright. I think I'm all set. Alright. Let's do it. Okay. Alright. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Hello. the Funbox Monster Podcast. I am Tristan. I am Matt Awkward. And today we are talking about one of both of our favorite movies, the 1991 uh, self-examining uh, classic popcorn. The we are we are back to the movie theaters for the oh, second week in a row. Fuck yeah, man! <laughs> this movie is this movie has some of my favorite things. Uh, it, Mystery science theatering, one of my favorite mm-hmm. things. It has uh, William Castle homages, another one of my favorite things, and just like straight up awesome horror. Yes. This movie is fun as fuck. The comedy works when it's when it's there. The the jokes are funny. The the interstitial stuff is funny. Like it's and the horror is horrory. There are so many it's, great movie movie moments in this. Yeah, it's also got one of my favorite tropes too is uh just when it's ludicrous. You know what I mean? Like there's no way this guy has a face swapping machine <laughs> <laughs> and he can just cut like especially when he shows you how he makes the face and he puts on the yeah. pathetic shit and but then right prior to that, he's swapping faces willy dilly and they're all like perfect. <laughs> Because they've been sitting in the bath. That's that's something else that's funny about this movie. I feel like without Darkman, yep. this movie doesn't work. Like, if you haven't seen Darkman yet, you'll be like, well, this isn't right. But then you see Darkman, and it's like, oh, it's the same thing as Darkman. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, they, you've got the Darkman thing. So we're fine. We're fine. You, you got Darkman stuff. Was this pre or post-Darkman, do you know? Post-Darkman. It was the year after. This is Darkman the year after Darkman? 1990. So. I like... um. I forgot his name, but th- when the dude in the wheelchair gets killed, uh, oh that whole scene gives me a real uh, Saw vibe to it. The tape recorder playing that. He's- yeah, very <laughs> much. I mean, there. this movie oh, is yeah. ahead of its time, regardless of a lot oh, of yeah. things. I mean, for a movie that is intentionally talking about 50s and 60s horror movies and referencing William Castle and all that stuff, this movie is wicked ahead of its time. This is This is Scream before Scream. Yeah, and it's impressive too. I find the uh, the mini movies, the three movies in the movies that we see, aren't just like a rush job either. They they no. totally nail the look and the feel of those kind of things, and it's not yeah. just like a it's background noise for the most part. You know what I mean? But like, damn, they flesh that out well. Yep. I mean, and yeah, they they have a very Larry Blumeyer vibe where you're like, it's very you know, lost skeleton of Cadavera. Yep, it's. I think now. <laughs> you know, in that way that it's like you very rarely see people doing funny versions of black and white sci-fi horror movies and not doing them improperly. Like if for the jokes are usually lame or pointless, mm-hmm. this it's it's as subtle as a as a Blumeyer where it's like it's just in jokes and just fun stuff and it's like the the location, like the whole event looks like a fucking blast the whole time. They make that event just pop. Like I want to be there. (laughs) It makes me mad that I'm not at that event. It's actually Mm -hmm. probably why I put on William Castle shows back in the day was because I saw this movie and I was like, well, that will be fun. That's why I want to do a William Castle show. (laughs) Hell, I just, I just hope you can put on a Nickelodeon show again sometime in the future. God, I hope so too. I, you know what? I would do. I would do House on Haunted Hill again. Yeah. I would do the the full the full treatment again, like we did at Geno's that one I, time. I, I thought that was neat when I went to go see uh, Haunt, 
and uh, yeah. Damien was just sitting behind me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to convince Damien not to sell off all his shit. We need oh, to yeah, do I that. Something about that today. Yeah, he's like he's trying to get funding for Times Up, which the movie looks fucking amazing. But yeah. uh, but he's like looking to sell off all of his shit, and I'm like, dude, don't sell your haunt stuff. Mm. That movie is going to be a fucking fan favorite in 10 years that's, once that's people realize cool. oh, yeah. how incredible this movie is it's going it's to be huge it's already got a, a great rep just imagine in, in japan just, like you said imagine in 10 years yeah, yeah in exactly. japan they had the it's, hot parties that was crazy the, uh, <laughs> that was so cool if if anybody listening hasn't seen it go to damien's instagram and check out what they're doing when they were screening haunt in japan they had a full-on haunted house with people in the full costumes it was so cool looking i'm super jealous honestly and if you that's haven't probably... seen haunt uh i would just sit on it for a couple months and wait till halloween season and then yeah. watch Haunt because it's awesome it I, is I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of watching halloween themed movies at halloween and christmas flashers yeah. at christmas like i couldn't imagine put I, I mean i love haunt i couldn't imagine putting haunt on right now i couldn't imagine putting silent night deadly night in right now like you gotta wait I can see that. I can definitely see that. That's um, my style. <laughs> all right. So this movie, we start off and we uh, we open on a big uh, big sink full of rubber faces floating in gross water, and then a, a sweet like airbrushed Xanadu logo comes across, and you're like, "All right, I know what's up." Like this the lo- movie, the logo is from intentionally looks like Magna, like the Magna cigarettes logo. I don't know if you're familiar with that logo at all. But look at Magna if you're not. Yep. But uh, yes, it does. It's, I mean, it's very Xanadu, but it's, uh, it's awesome. And, uh, and so we get uh, our girl, Maggie, laying in bed, having nightmares about some cult experience. Uh, she's seeing herself as a baby and then some kind of a head on a tray and a beardy guy waving a ceremonial dagger. And then it catches fire. His head turns into a skull. Little girl runs away. More fire. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Dude goes to stab her. And then she wakes up. And that's the end of her little hallucination. And uh, she she wakes up and instantly talks into a tape recorder to explain what she was seeing. Mm-hmm. What she, because as it turns out, we find out later on, she's turning her, she wants to turn her dream into some sort of film she's a film student and she thinks that this movie which turns out to be a movie which is a real bummer for her film film plans uh, (laughs) she wants to turn it into a movie so i I love to the cliche where she's like uh do you think orson welles dreamed about citizen kane before he wrote it (laughs) it's like yes every filmmaker that wants to be a filmmaker must love Orson Welles. They've got yeah, to love that, the Citizen it's, Kane. It's got to be Citizen Kane. But you got to admit, though, that uh, the first part, when we get into their, their actual classroom, the the references there are what I wanted them to be, as opposed to they weren't Orson Welles. You know, someone was like, your favorite movie is Escape from Which Mountain? Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and like, and that's, I, could to- I could totally relate to the guy that was like, Police Academy 5 has more characterization than anything Igmar Bergen ever did. And it's like, yep. I don't know, because I've never watched any of Igmar, but like, fucking A, I'll, watch, I'll pop Police Academy 5 in any day. I saw it in the drive-in. <laughs> that movie's great. Which one is 5? Is that Mission to Moscow? Operation Miami. Oh, okay. 6 is Mission to Moscow. 
Yeah, or Mission okay. in Miami, or Miami. Whatever. It takes place in Miami. So, okay. <laughs> it's Miami Connection Police Academy. Whatever. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So uh, her mom is D. Wallace Stone, who is phenomenal in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we open her scene with her receiving a crank call from someone who... Uh, quotes Dante at her basically he's like you know uh, the ninth circle of hell is for betrayers or something along those lines I am the possessed the possessed the possessor <laughs> yes um, and so uh, her daughter comes downstairs and she's still talking into the recorder and blah 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 uh, and she's like she's talking about her character she calls her Sarah and the mom has a little like hmm why did you decide to call her Sarah? Which this movie is so much different than it should be for all of the little things that are in it. Because those moments, all of the moments that uh, D. Wallace Stone have where she's like, she has to act like she's lying or she's hiding <laughs> something because she's a next level actor. She's like, actually bringing those things where in horror movies it's like big goofy eyes like they open wide and they're like (laughs) looking side to side and instead she's like actually very subtle and you're like oh does she know something or doesn't she 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 doesn't (laughs) right but she doesn't reveal it in such a cartoonish way as you're expecting in a movie like this um she like and she has three or four moments of that and they're just all just goddamn amazing Mm -hmm. Um, so she goes, uh, after leaving her mom, she goes to her, uh, to her college and this is, (laughs) yes. What is up with the music here? It is like the hokiest, like USA up all night sex comedy, plotting pokey music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I watched this movie with the commentary. Yep. And everybody in the cast and crew cracked up about the music that was in the scene <laughs> when it happened as well. Everyone was like, what the fuck is this? And they were, you so can tell they were evil. trying to not insult the music supervisor, but they were just yep. like, this is fucking awful. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and so this whole movie, the entire movie is shot. Well, there, there are some, there are some reshoot things that take place in like Toronto yeah. But other than that, it's all shot in Jamaica. So Do you know why? Uh, yeah, because there was somebody who was trying to promote uh, tourism or the film industry in Jamaica, some local politician. Ah, okay. He, I didn't know that. I couldn't figure out. I couldn't find that bit of info. Like why yeah. you don't typically see movies shot in Jamaica at all. And this one doesn't even, it, it, it doesn't, it's supposed to be what, California? Like it doesn't yes. even say it's Jamaica. Nowhere they yeah. identify no, as Jamaica. They're, in this they're movie, absolutely so. trying to pretend it's not Jamaica. And it's there like were a lot in, of. You shoot in Canada all the time and call it Maine, but like nobody right. ever shoots in Jamaica and calls it Cali. So why do they do that? that yeah. It. There was some, some local politician who was trying to make his bones by being like, all right, I'm going to organize this whole thing. We're going to get all these like Hollywood people and we're going to be the new go to place for people to shoot. You know, try to get, try to really encourage people, give them big tax breaks, give them all sorts of free shit to shoot here. Um, and, you know, people were stoked to go to Jamaica. And then they got there and it's like, it's Kingston, which is a little on the sad side. It is a very poor city. Um, it is the capital, but, you know, not 
not exactly prosperous. Um, but the weird, there are so many weird parts of this movie, but the, to me, the weirdest thing is that, um, they're trying to make this look like Southern California. And so like the entire thing, they're like, all right, they, you know, they have these big crowd scenes and they have to have extras in the scenes. So they put everybody in Halloween masks because everyone was black because they're in fucking Jamaica. So, (laughs) so every extra is black. Of course they are. They're all fucking Jamaican. I wondered, I wondered why we never saw any black people save for the band. Uh, for the whole movie for being shot down there. <laughs> and then they're like, well, all right, what are, what do uh, kids in Southern California in 1991 listen to? Oh, I'm going to say uh, dance hall reggae. Is that Re- the reggae? Thing? Just reggae. <laughs> my, my guess would be dance hall. Would that, that sounds right. Uh, yeah. And so they hire a fucking reggae band. <laughs> They actually listen to a lot of rap. Can you guys rap? Uh, we'll try. Oh, God. Can't remove it. <laughs> that is the worst rap song since Monster Squad. I, yeah. would, I would like an album of all of those. If we could get like, oh, my God. You know what? If so, I ever get so money, mov- there were so many movies back in the day that e- ended with like uh, rap over the credits that were rapping yeah. about the movies. Uh, yes. Oh shit! That would be a great. I comp want album. a compilation of all of that Dragnet. That one was yeah. terrible. Uh, Monster I can't, I can't Squad. Think of this yeah, one. Oh my god! There are so this, many of them. Uh, I mean, Bill and Ted uh, had the Reaper rap, which was fun. Oh yeah, Nin- Ninja Turtles did one too, right? Yeah, not the Go Ninja rap, but didn't they have a? I think there was another one too. Yeah, could be totally I mean, wrong. But they were out. Of, they were coming out of their shells at one point, and they had <laughs> yeah. a lot of songs about that. Oh. <laughs> That was a great dude. Tour. I am so bummed. I have the I have the coming out of their shells tour tape, and I have the making of the coming out of their shells tour tape. And I was so thrilled to see like what fucking nutter put this production together. But the making of is completely in character. It's like fake record execs, fake everybody talking about. It. The turtles were just like natural musicians, so we just knew we had to give them a record deal. <laughs> it's just like That's and you see like Michelangelo awesome. practicing guitar in the audio booth. And I'm like, oh fuck, I really wanted to see a real documentary here, guys. <laughs> they I totally would like punked to see me. That too. Oh, man, that's too bad because that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, so so our our main girl, Maggie, she's going to her film school. Well, I don't even know if it's actually a film school or if they're just like the weirdos who are doing film in this school. I, I actually thought it was like a high school. It's, it's college? I believe it's a college, yeah. Because I just I, thought it was. I just thought it was like an after-school club that was getting the shaft because they talk about how... Why does oh, the film maybe. department always get to get the chef? Like, I thought it was like the film club, chess club. Like, we oh, just keep weird. getting kicked out of our spot. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I just, I assumed it was college, but. They sure as hell look like college kids, not high right, school Right, they kids. look like college kids. Um, <laughs> but either way, she she shows up and meets her, her boyfriend on the, the quad or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> and they kind of aggressively make out when they first show up. And then. Well, he does. <laughs> right, he aggressively makes out with her, and then she's like, "I'm not into it," and he's like, "Okay, but I'm not gonna wait around forever to do it." And yeah. so, they set this thing up, which pays off with another one of these movies where our hero is cheating on the main female protagonist, and he's supposed to be our main male protagonist that we're supposed to care about. And in the original, I believe it was kind of hinted in the commentary that. 
the original ending of this was they go off and have sex. And that's the that's how they wrap the whole thing up. See, the whole thing was about her journey to stop being a virgin. And the the new director who came on after they fired the old director yep. nixed that thing. It was like, fuck that sleazy weirdness. Get yeah, that out of definitely. there. <laughs> that's too weird. They uh, did keep that line, though. He did refer to her as a tender virgin near the end. Oh, when he was on stage with her in the Iron Maiden there. Yep. So maybe, oh, maybe that, oh, was yeah, a, yeah. I bet that was a leftover line from the original script where they were going with that. Yep, you're probably right. Smart oh, choice. Uh, smart choice to abandon that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, and so we get to our uh, our film class here, and they're all sitting around on the bleachers. They have like a weird bleacher system, like some sort of uh, I don't know. I've never seen it in a real school before, but they have odd seating. I didn't notice it. I just thought it was a normal gym. Oh, do you think they're in the gym? Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> if they're in the gym, then it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, so the, we get our comedy wheelchair guy. We get our cool teacher and the hot teacher's aide. And then we get Toby from Surf 2. So we're yeah. excited that our, our one of our main characters is from Surf 2 and One Crazy Summer. Uh, and they're proposing an all-night horror marathon, or horror-thon, if you will. Well, at first they proposed to put him, at first uh, they proposed they should put on a play, because yeah. that'll save the day. Uh, that was, thing... I believe that was a joke. <laughs> I believe that was the... Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, I think that was like a, how oh, are we going to save the... Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> the, um... <laughs> but yeah, they're complaining that their, their film club keeps losing their space and their money, and they're going to get shut down. Uh, so yeah, they, they proposed an all night marathon to save their film program and, uh, they somehow secure a, uh, Hollywood prop guy who has all these things, the right this... to all these movies, these original 35 millimeter reels, the theater that sells power despite it getting torn down in three weeks, <laughs> but we don't. Okay. Hold on. This is one of my problems. I don't, I mean, listen, it's not a real problem. It's just a minor confusion. Okay. So they don't know about this guy when they start this. They come down to this theater and they only know that they have the three movies. That's all they know. They've got the rights to play these three movies. They're going to figure it out as they go. And they have three weeks to do it. And they get there and they're like, duh, how are we going to do it? And then Willy Wonka shows up and he's like, I'll show you how to do it. And they would have been fucked if he hadn't shown up. And there's another problem. Is he a real person? He interacts with Toby, but I don't, but I think that the, they are insinuating that he is Toby. Oh no, he can't be. He calls Toby by Tommy, and Toby corrects him in the beginning. I know, but I still think he's not a real person. Who would he be then? I think he's Toby. I think that's just Toby's a Toby's weird... on the stage. You can't have two Tobys. I guess you're right. He is an no effect master. No way. He's totally though. real. Okay, you think he's a real person. I totally think he's a real person. Okay. Because, to- because... because Toby is in the scene with him, and this is before anybody gets their face assimilated or anything. That's true. He, call- he... he calls him Tommy. He's like, oh, Tommy, nice to see you. Like, he knows him. But, like, he's like, it's Toby. 
So he also, but he disappears, and that's probably just because he was too expensive and was too old to be in Jamaica. Yes, it's uh, Ray Walston of yeah. my favorite Martian fame. Yes. Yep. That's before my time. <laughs> I used to watch the reruns of that. So nice. Nick it was Nick in my time. World yep, of, Nick at Night. World of Dobie Gillis and shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yes. So we've got our three films are The Mosquito in 3D Horror Vision, The Stench in Aroma Rama, and The Amazing Electrified Man in Shaka Scope. And these are all obviously William Castle homages. Shaka Scope is some sort of version of The Tingler. Yep. Um, the the stench is like uh, I don't know polyester. Smell of did mystery. That. The smell of mystery. The the nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, yeah. There was that. I guess I guess they did that. Yep. Yes, that was. Uh, and they also did uh, the first version of that was like they did the rose bowl somewhere, and they just like let rose petal smell go into the crowd. Yeah. And that was the first aroma rama. I know uh I know the movie Polyester by John Waters starts with yeah. the odor odor card. <laughs> yes. I don't know if they did that in the theaters or not or if that was just a joke. I think they did you know? do that in the theater. I think I think so. they did too, but I'm not sure. I can't confirm. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty positive. I feel like we had one at uh, Videoport. Had what? Oh, at, one of the actual cards. One of the cards was like on the. It could wall have been a repro board. because I think when it came out That's on tape true. back there, uh, I think they re-released it with an odor card in it. Oh, so I don't know. I assume that it was like that. I mean, that would be very John Waters to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like you said, this is the last event they're going to have at this theater before it's torn down in three weeks. <laughs> and they'll never get it together unless somebody with a completely unpronounceable name shows up and saves them at the last minute. So I just, I just love that the theater is going to be shut down in three weeks, yet it's still totally fully operational uh, after a little yeah. montage, of course, um, of to get it up course. and running again. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you need a montage to get it running. But uh, but Malcolm Menison, mine. Do you know how to say his name? No. Yeah, Ray Walston didn't know how to say it either, but apparently they kept taking it over and over and over again because it's M-N-E-S-Y-N-E. So, menacing? Like medicine or menacing? I I don't know. So they just call him Dr. M from then on. And so it's Dr. M's movie memorabilia shop. And he has... He just happens to have every single prop from all of these William Castle-style movies all ready to go, plus an assortment of costumes and... And the shot clock. And the show, oh my God, and the greatest prop in the history of movies. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> it's, it's so close to the top of my, like, of any prop that I would want to own. I yeah. think it really, it's pretty close. It's pretty close that's, to the top. That's a prop when I see one of the, when I see something like that, I'm just like, oh, does anybody still have that right now? You know, so many things get thrown away over the years, but like, does anybody actually have the shot clock hanging in their he house right now? He left it in Jamaica. What? They, a oh, oh, freak. oh, you, oh, you know the answer to this? Yes, they left it in Jamaica. That was oh. the answer. They were like, "Man, I bet people want to know where that thing is." And he was like, "I think I left it in Jamaica." 
What the fuck? <laughs> How could you make this amazing thing? How could you look at that incredible clock and go, eh, fuck that thing? And go back. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I'm sure at the end of filming, you're just like, I don't care about anything that has to do with this I don't want to look at anything I, in this place. Yeah. yeah. I just want and, to leave. And it's another one of those things, too, where it's like a time and place. You don't see the significance of something. Like, we're, we're, we're looking at this now 30 right. Odd years since right. its completion and being like, oh, that'd be so cool to have. But like at the time, you're just like, yeah, we made this stupid little thing. Anyway, it's true. Move on. It's this yep. is definitely the kind of movie that I don't think they saw. I I know they didn't see at the time as being what it would be later. Like just being as appreciated as it is. Like we're talking yep. about Haunt. We're like Haunt. Yeah. The producers saw it like I, the producers loved it but i mean the people at universal didn't even give it a fucking theatrical showing because that other movie that was also taking place in a haunt that was not very good happened in theaters before them it what beat them to theaters hell ride was that is that what it was called never even heard of it it wasn't terrible but it wasn't good it was just a it was another like killers in a at a but this was more like a spooky world haunted house where it was outdoors and like multiple yeah. houses and that no. was like a much it looked like a bigger budget version i think it was like a 23 million dollar version and haunt was a five ish never even heard of it yeah yeah it haunt was great and that was eh, okay well thanks for putting it on because i got to see it in the theater <laughs> yeah <laughs> i wish i'd done full-on like characters and had people at the door and done it up I wish yeah. I'd done it right, even though the same 10 people would have shown up. <laughs> it it was right. so cool that it was packed, just like the movie in Popcorn, too. Right. It was almost identical <laughs> to the scene in Popcorn. Everybody showing up at thousand people and... partying. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, Good it times. Was, it was not that. But, I had uh, <laughs> Yeah, me too. So... He's so Dr. M is here. He's going to teach them how to take these turkeys and make a turkey dinner or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so cue the montage and we get the 90s reggae song that is pretty terrible, to be honest. Um, and it's Saturday also a night at the movies. <laughs> who cares what you see? <laughs> Man. And it that gets stuck in my head so bad. Well, because it's under the boardwalk by the fucking drifters. Oh, it's fuck. the same under the boardwalk, down by the sea. I didn't even notice. That was such a thing. Okay, so in the 90s, this was such a thing that there was a comedian in, the, in one of the deaf comedy jams that does mm -hmm. a bit about reggae, about modern reggae, what was modern in the 90s, yep. being like normal, normal reggae, and then rip off a pop song from the U.S. And that's like apparently was all over the place. So huh. I was like, oh, if you listen for it, apparently the reggae of the time is like that. The The song that they play when all the power goes out uh, is really good. <laughs> I loved that one. I thought that yep. was an amazing song. <laughs> it, this one, not so much. And the rap song at the end, not so much. Um, I like them both for their cheese factor, though. Oh, I would I would not change a goddamn thing about the nope. the one at the end especially. I mean, it's it's so amazing to have something that fucking terrible that you can like it's part of the experience. Like this the rest of the movie is gorgeous and wonderful, but that end song is so terrible that it just it adds something extra special. Yep. It's just a cherry on the top of the Sunday of this movie. Oh yeah. 
Um, so we see Toby giving a life cast to somebody and we learn that Toby's good at doing life casts. I wonder why that is <laughs> so during our montage. It's like, Oh, look at that. So we've got, uh, we've got Toby, uh, and all the other guys are setting up the percepto gimmick, the, the fake emergo, which is the mosquito. And then they've got the aromarama, which is their smell o vision. Um, and so after the after the montage finally grinds to a halt, uh, we get uh, we get is it the the wheelchair kid finds a film can in a trunk that has been placed there for him to find. He hands it over to Toby, who does some shtick with it, and then they decide that they need to watch this thing Ugh. because and this is this is like I understand its significance in the plot, but like. The Possessor film is the only thing I don't like about this movie just because it's it's boring. It's, it's a boring movie. Bad. You know what I mean? You could have... It, yeah. It Honestly, I do agree with you that this is the only thing that I was like... You were, it's you quick. Made it's so quick. Many, you made so many interesting choices in so many other places. Why yep. wouldn't you just make one more interesting choice? It's Why like, ooh, close-up of an eyeball, close-up of a nose. I am the possessor, I am the possessor. It's like, come on, make a cool... You've made three cool mini-movies. Make a fourth cool mini-movie. You don't need it's, to make it... You don't need to make it boring and weird to make it sinister. Like It's pretty easy to make fun of Kenneth Anger. Like, you can make a funny Kenneth Anger movie that would <laughs> stand out. You could exploit the tropes, and it would be could still be part of your horror movie, but you could still at least give a nudge to some of the film nerds that are like, ah, look at that. It's loose for rising or whatever, you know, yeah. people would dig that. Um, but instead we kind of got whatever that was. Minor was complaint. Cause it takes up all of four or five minutes in yeah. the entire 90 minute run. So I'll let it slide, but like, I just wish it wasn't more interesting than agree. Then just, then just making really cheap wisecracks at a close up of an eyeball. Like, <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, I also, I loved that. I loved the fact that they were, that it was an MST riff where yep. it was a bunch of people yelling at the screen. That part was fun to me. Um, yep. Oh, what are you going to do? Dolly up his nose. Oh. <laughs> I also loved that the casting, basically their, uh, their effects guy was like, they were looking for somebody to play this role once they got down there and mm -hmm. they were like, Oh, wait, it needs to be a white guy because he needs to look like Charles Manson. We can't just hire yep. a Jamaican actor. This isn't going to work. And he was like, I'll do it. And kind of was like, I, I would totally be in your movie. And they were like, eh, we'll talk it over. And then he gets a, like, he comes into the office the next day. They're like, all right, look up, look over there. All right. Yep. You're hired. All right. Get into costume. <laughs> <laughs> It was like they just basically they, looked him over for like 20 seconds and went, yep, you look like Charles Manson. Let's go put you in a fake fake beard. We're going to get you on camera. <laughs> they they shot his stuff in like, I don't know, six hours or something like that. Yep. And he gets like almost as much screen time as anybody else in the movie. Oh, neat. <laughs> so that's a, that's a weird little thing. Um, and also the other weird thing is that the person, big spoiler alert, playing Sarah's mother in that scene who's getting sacrificed in the video, that woman, of course, because they're in fucking Jamaica, she was married to Bob Marley at some point. What? <laughs> I think maybe everybody in Jamaica was married to Bob Marley at some point. So maybe it's not that big a deal, but I thought that was amazing. <laughs> that was one that of Bob weird Marley's ex-wives. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So he's, he's the possessor. 
long story short, he says that he's the possessor. And he possesses uh, until he becomes the possessor. <laughs> and also, Maggie kind of realizes at this point, oh shit, my movie's really fucked because this is an already existing movie that I'm <laughs> quoting in my dreams. But also, that's kind of creepy. And she passes out. Mm-hmm. When she wakes up, they're fanning her and, you know, whatever. And basically, the the head of the whatever the teacher's name is, he's like, oh, okay. Are you all right? All right, good. Let me explain to you. The reason you passed out is because people were murdered during this movie and blah, blah, blah. He's the head of a film <laughs> cult. And his yeah. name is Lanyard, which is really weird. Lanyard Gates, who was the head of a film cult in the 60s. Who, you know, did he was like basically like if Kenneth Anger was Charles Manson. Um, And so the whole movie was shot except for the ending, which he acted out on stage by killing his whole family. Now, I was confused about this part because they said that he was laughed at. And that's why he was angry. But like, did he show half the movie like unfinished? And that's how he got laughed at? No, no, he he had made a bunch of other movies. He had made many oh. movies up until this point. And, oh. the, and the movie prior to this, he had seen in the theater and he, he watched it with a bunch of people. Like he was like a cult figure where people knew who he was, but nobody had seen his movies essentially, mm-hmm. I think is what they were saying. And then when he finally did a premiere, a bunch of people went to it thinking, oh, there's all this hype behind it. And then they realized that it was nothing but a bunch of stoned idiots making a garbage movie. <laughs> So. Okay, that's where I was confused. Yeah, I think that was the deal. So Okay, so he got his revenge by shooting all of Possessor and screening it, but enacting the end scene live. Right, exactly. With, mur- with murder. With murder. So he, wa- he was going to kill his whole family on stage as the final act. Uh, they decide, in, in your typical horror movie, like, here's the moment where everything went wrong, uh, they decide to not turn the film canister over to the police like they probably should have after mm. finding it because it is clearly evidence in a, in a crime investigation. I mean, a bunch yeah. of people died. There was a fire, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, bad move. All right. So back at Maggie's house, mom's all jumpy and weird. Uh, Maggie asks if she's ever heard of Lanyard Gates and and she passes it off pretty well. She's she's. Clearly spooked no. out. <laughs> no. Uh. <Yeah>. <laughs> Lanyard Yates? What? No. What? <laughs> I mean, this does kind of confuse me because, I mean, it feels like they, they're they in witness protection or something. They, do they have, dif- they have different names now, or at least she has a different name. I don't know what. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Maybe, maybe it's because I watch a lot of movies, but like instantly when I saw the scene, I was like, oh, yeah, that's her dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, but that's not the answer. So yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Do, 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 uh, yes. Oh, mom wants Maggie to quit the festival, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, I can't do that. She wants her to go away with her on a trip or something. And she's like, I can't just quit the festival. This is really important. Whatever. And she goes away. And then as soon as. As soon as Maggie's gone, the phone rings, and we get uh, we get Lanyard Gates in air quotes. Speaking, speaking of going to the police, 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Len, Leonard Gates is kind of just like, ah, I'm back and I'm at the movie theater. Bring yeah. your gun if you choose to, <laughs> if I might turn my back on you again. And it's like, and she's like, okay, I'll just grab my gun and go to the movie theater by myself. <laughs> yep. No. Uh, I got an idea. <laughs> like, like, why you know, would you just do that? Why wouldn't you yeah. call the police and be like, somebody's threatening me. I'm going to this movie theater. Please yeah. come with me. <laughs> exactly. Why wouldn't you send the police there? It's, yep. th- that is absolutely insane to do exactly yeah. what the, the crazy person on the phone says to do. It's Who has like, no real movie... leverage over you either. It's not right. like exactly. it's her not daughter's like she's... at home. It's not like, right. I'm going to like come get your daughter. Nothing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally... Call, if she had called the police, they'd gone in there. They would have looked around. They would have found a dude. And they'd go, wow, there's a really creepy thing going on here with a bunch of floating faces in a sink. I think we need to <laughs> hang around here for a minute and see what's up. Because yeah. this is not right. And then they would go, oh, here's this film. And he'd go, oh, shit, I can't show the film. And then it really unravels from there. <laughs> <laughs> but then it really fucks up our awesome movie. Uh, yep. But she <laughs> goes. By she herself goes with her against, gun, and then we and then we get one of sense. the one of the um, inexplicable moments of this movie. This scene makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, she gets to the movie theater, and all the movie title letters shoot off of it at her and ping on the street, and then the whole sign turns to possessor. Yep. But we do find out later that there's nothing supernatural nope. going on here whatsoever. So, so is that all in her head? I, I mean, it, I have no answer. The only the only sane answer is that it's all in her head. Yeah, uh, but because all those letters are back the next night. Right, they're all they're all there later. I think it was just like a, I think it was just a weird dream sequence. Like her spooked out. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, they couldn't stupid. have meant it to actually happen. Although all the other things that happen make sense. Like everything else that goes on, I get. You and that's know, the thing. Like, they could have easily made the scene make sense if she just like blinked, shook her head, and then Possessor was gone and all the movie titles were back again. Perfect. To like show that she imagined it all. That one fucking second of extra spill yeah. could have just like remedied that oh, whole yeah. situation. Absolutely. And that's yep. with this movie especially. This movie is... Like a lot of like like any great genre movie is a miracle that it got made in the budget and in the way that it was done anyway. And so there are so many parts that are going to be like that, that they're like, fuck, we've got seconds to work on this thing and they have to do all this stuff. A lot of this movie was shot before the real director got there. They hired the guy that did Porky's to finish the movie because yeah. the the director no, they, that they'd they- hired couldn't do couldn't direct actors <laughs> oh is that so, what it was yeah like everyone was telling stories where they were like yeah my first day on set the director came to me and he was like all right you're gonna go over here you're gonna turn there you're gonna say this word and then you're gonna look at the camera your eye is gonna close slightly and then you're gonna turn back you're gonna look in the mirror but your eyes are gonna be facing this way now you're gonna turn this way and that foot's gonna go to the left this one's gonna go to the right and every actor was like as soon as the camera started rolling I was <laughs> in a, I was in a sweat panic because he had told me 7,000 things that uh. I didn't know from the script and I was instantly just like 
I don't think we're going to make it through this movie. Yep. And oh, wow. that's why they wound up firing him. Is because he was very bad at directing <laughs> actors. Apparently, he's a decent director. He directed all of the interstitials. He directed all the uh, the the movies within movies, the fake movies. Yep. So, but the other thing is, apparently, he took a fuck ton of time to direct those movies, which oh, does yep. show in how awesome they are. Yeah. Um, but they are. But he did. I think he also took too long for that. So there was a lot of reasons. They also fired the lead actress before the movie was shot, like when he came back, he had to shoot around her. And why was that? She just wasn't working out, I guess is what they said. I don't think there was anything. She wasn't a bad actress or anything. It was just like, she wasn't clicking for one reason or another. Um, She, if you look at the montage scene, you can Mm -hmm. see her in the montage scene. She's dressed as the main character in the same clothes, but she's blonde instead of having black hair. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, there's like a split second where she's there. They had to reshoot all of her reaction shots. I can't, honest to God, I cannot imagine the stress of being this director that came in to replace stuff. Yeah. It, yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be mind blowingly horrifying. Like mm-hmm. I just trying to keep track of all of the shots and just knowing where to fix stuff. It's yep. He is, clearly very gifted because this yeah, movie, good on him, man. <laughs> this movie is came out perfectly but yep um okay so blah 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 she comes in you know we get the we get the phantom image of the possessor uh, you know the, the the ticket booth lights up a ticket shoots out of the <laughs> out of the little machine all supernatural she, she <laughs> grabs it the door opens up supernaturally and she walks in Possessor is playing and it's talking to her. There's a lot of stuff going on here that is like, I mean, I would have even taken a no prize of like when he's, when he's got her there, it can be like, and then I slip LSD into your fucking orange juice. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Great. She, she was having a drug trip and that's why she was seeing all of this stuff when she came there. It kicked in just as she walked through the door, whatever. But yep. I mean, again, the movie was talking to her. There are so many supernatural things here and they just let yep. it go, which I mean, is kind of a hallmark of the time too. like uh, late 80s, early 90s. You know, your your horror movies coming out of the nightmare era. They were just like, oh, you know, everything's got a nightmare sequence. It doesn't everything, make any everybody sense. Everybody a little bit of magic. Yeah, yeah, there's you can have magic stuff. You don't need to explain it. Fuck it. And I mean, to for real, you don't. I'm totally mm-hmm. happy with there being unidentified magic in it. But there is. So she starts conversing with the severed head on the screen who says, goodbye, Suzanne. The film ends. She gets spooked. A dude walks out non-aggressively and you think that you're going to get one of these movie moments where she shoots a dude that is not the person she's supposed to shoot. She like does shoot some, yep. right, exactly. And then she goes to prison or something and then she's talking to her daughter from prison. Mm. Instead, I guess she didn't shoot anybody, right? Yeah, because she definitely shoots and drops somebody. But then uh, those Romero arms break through the wall. and Yep take her away and uh bye bye mom see you in an hour yeah exactly (laughs) we'll we'll see her again in about an hour five so (laughs) 
Um, so somebody made Maggie breakfast, which I thought was wonderfully creepy. I love yeah. the fact that mom disappeared the night before, and then there's breakfast left for her on the with counter. With a note. With a note that tonight. says, tonight's the night. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's good. Um, and she instead of X's and O's, it's three X's. So either it's a pornographic breakfast or totally straight edge, one of the two. Either way, awesome. I thought X and O's were hugs and kisses, so that's just like hug, just, hug, hug. Yeah, just <laughs> extra hugs. Uh, <laughs> yes. So cut to opening night, and we've got this amazing... It, it looks like what they did for Haunt, honestly. Yep. It looks just like what the Japanese film place did for Haunt. It's... Uh, uh, almost like a haunted house outside. They've got walk around actors. They've got tons and tons of people in costume. They're shtick for the people who are waiting in line. There's like a nurse, they, uh, all of that stuff. It's also just beyond ludicrous though, that there'd be this many people in that town on this short notice that would so want to come out ludicrous. to a three <laughs> movie marathon of oldies. Yeah. <laughs> and I everybody mean, owns a crazy mask. <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's that place there's a place in california that does a bunch of shows like uh jonah ray and bobcat goldthwaite and like a bunch of other people do this thing where they they were doing like staged recreations of uh plan nine from outer space where everybody okay. gets a character and they do it like a stage play oh, nice. and it's amazing but i mean they pack a place like that for, for a show yeah, that's yeah, basically yeah. like we're doing we're doing our version of Plan Nine from Outer Space. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it might be in some very hip town in California. Let's just say that that's what it is. I just uh, feel like we live in kind of like a hip city. But if we throw a show like this, not. there's going to be like ten fucking people. <laughs> which which says to me we don't actually live in a hip city. If we mm. lived in Portland, Oregon, and we did one of these, people would show up. What people don't understand, what the... the or the Portland, secret police would just burn it down. Bullshit, getting political, and you're absolutely <laughs> right. Um, no, but I mean, like, Portland has 60,000 people. It is yep. a tiny fucking city. Oh, it yeah. Is, it is real small. And so a place like Portland, Oregon, which is like, what, 6 million people? You know, you have a much larger pool to yep. grab. You know, if there's like 1% of people wants to go see Evil Dead, you put it on in Portland and you got, you know, 10 people in a, in a theater in Portland, Oregon, you pack the place and there's like a line out the door. So, okay. I mean, I think that's the deal. That's what I oh. keep telling myself every time I put on some kind of fucking amazing event and I take a goddamn bath. <laughs> <laughs> so you just got Lloyd Kaufman up for uh, just let me high. reassure that myself cool. that I got Lloyd <laughs> Kaufman up here dude the number of things that we've done that I mean actually Texas Chainsaw did really well when we did Chainsaw we sold out oh, that was the first thing really oh man yeah I guess I yeah, just we, sold on that one 11 years ago 12 years ago uh, mm -hmm. Gunnar Hansen Gino's uh, well, I remember Gunner at the Texas con Chainsaw. that you put on. Yeah, we did that too. But uh, prior nice. prior to that, we did uh, we did that. He invited me to his house for chili, and I never wound up going. And it's like the biggest regret <gasps> of my life. Oh man! Quite literally, the biggest regret of my life. Yeah, yeah. Gunner Hansen was like, "You should come up, and you and your wife come on up. Uh, I'll make chili. It's awesome." He 
and I know that he knows, but he also is very proud of his chili, which is why we did the chili cook-off at the con. Yep. So yeah. I, it was obviously very like, yeah, me doing chili, get it? But also, he's yeah. from Texas, and he fucking loves chili. So, yep. you know, <laughs> I love that dude. Um, okay, so what else? Where are we at? Oh, my God. <laughs> We're just basically at the opening of this the show, and they've got so many amazing things. There's so many things that I loved about this. It's part of what I love about this movie is just that this event makes me so happy that it exists. Yeah. Like, watching them hand out the kits that go with everything where every attendee you get the nose clip that has the Mm -hmm. stench on it. You get the mosquito glasses. Like there's all, there's this kit that comes in a little plastic bag that everybody gets as they walk through the door. You know, everybody's signing their waiver. You know, the, if you die of fright from watching this. (laughs) And I love too that. um, Like we said earlier, I guess they're all extra. So they're all wearing masks, but they're not, all generic masks, you know what I mean? This could have been like a super cheap production where it's just like yeah. they gave everybody a cardboard mask, you know what I mean? But like, no, they're all wearing these super neat fucking cool rubber masks. One of them like is wearing are, yeah. a very copywritten Eddie from Iron Maiden mask from the Peace yeah. of Mind album, <laughs> which I was like, Meh, I guess they just didn't care. But uh, yep. yeah, there's, there's so many good things. And some of the people had legit, um, like the guy who had the second head, you know, mm-hmm. like the makeup artist actually built that specifically for the movie. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, the barfing second head from the yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, of yeah. shtick that he does there. Uh, so good. And uh, so we get a bunch of people going through the door. And then the guy who's dressed like the Jeepers Creepers monster basically comes up and throws a bunch of crumpled bills through the hole. Takes his ticket. Hope this movie's as scary as Possessor Sarah. Sarah. And then she's like, oh, shit. That's the name of the person in my movie that I stole from my dream or something. (laughs) And so she runs off after him. And we don't really know why she has done that. Like, I think just the strangeness of it all, probably. Like, is she looking for at a certain point? Oh, she was definitely looking for him. Yeah. But at a certain point, she's excited that he's there. There's, there's a point when she goes to Toby. So after this, so she runs up to Toby in the projection booth. And she's like, I just saw Gates here. Totally, it was him. Like, I don't know what's going on. But what if he's here? This could be like some sort of big thing. She's like, you know, this is going to be great for my movie is essentially what she's saying. Yeah. Like, this will make such a great part of my script. Um, and then, then Toby takes off and for some fucking reason, Mark shows up up here after he's already shown up with his hot girlfriend. He's got a hot new girlfriend, brought her out, intentionally knows that he's going to show his hot new girlfriend to the, the, she, he knows that she's putting this fucking event on. So he's going there specifically. We don't see, we don't see another interaction with her and him Mm, since this thing's announced. And also, it seems like they were able to whip this theater into shape in five minutes and <laughs> in <three laughs> somehow weeks. pull this shit up. Yeah, but it seems weird. Um, it also makes no sense that he saw her at the ticket booth when they showed up, but now he goes to the projection booth to see her. Like, he knows, why would she yeah, be up for some there? reason, he <laughs> knows that she's in the projection booth. He asked somebody. 
None of that makes it, no. <laughs> it <doesn't make> sense. <laughs> it's a bad flaw. <laughs> it is. Uh, okay, and so let's see. We've got the uh, we've got the teacher in the back, and he's fiddling around with the giant mosquito rig, which is sort of their version of the the skeleton from uh, House on Haunted Hill, the Emergo <laughs> skeleton, um, and so you know they drop that fucking prop and it is awesome. Like this moment is, you know, it's basically what you, it's the perfect reaction. There's a guy, big cartoonish giant raid. Giant spray cans. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's throwing popcorn and shit through the air. Uh, the big mosquitoes down. There's a guy with a big bug spray can. like you so, said, I want to fucking be there. <laughs> I want, I want to, to be, be there, there watching that I, so bad. <laughs> like everything about this just it, it just makes me so happy. And I'm like I'm an introvert. I don't like going to parties and things like that, but this I will make a fucking exception for this. You threw a Comic-Con for yeah, three. Yeah, I, I hated every second of it. <laughs> well, I didn't. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Um so Oh, I will say, I will say, uh, just to plug something really amazing, it doesn't really matter because Castle's dead, but still, his book is phenomenal. If anybody likes this kind of stuff, Castle has been, like, my hero. Like, he was my film school hero forever, and holy shit, um, Step Right Up, I'm Gonna Scare the Pants Off America is one of the best, most enjoyable film book reads I've ever had in my life. So good. Absolutely. Highly recommend it. That's all. Um, okay. And so we get a shadowy figure above the professor, above the, the school teacher, and he's wearing his giallo gloves and he's got a remote control that does something. It's a Dario. <laughs> it's a me, a Dario. It's a me, a Dario. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, perfect. And so he shows up and he's going to do something bad. And it, somehow he turns the, the mosquito around. It faces yeah. backwards. Apparently, it overrides the other guy's controller. <laughs> that thing was way too complicated. It did not need to spin around. But no. it did. And so it's, it comes back and it now has a probably sharpened proboscis, whatever. And it comes out, impales the teacher. He's dead. And now the uh, the Jeepers Creepers hat guy drags the teacher's body off, but there's no blood even though he was fully impaled. I thought yeah. that was going to be a plot point. It's so weird because I was like, oh, this is like, uh, he's in on it or something. You know, it's like, why would you? Is it just an I, oversight that there's no yeah. blood? I, hi. Hi, cat. Hi, cat. <laughs> That's chopper. Um, so yeah, uh, but I, a part of this part that bugs me too is I, I brought this pet peeve up on our podcast before. Uh, later on in the movie, somebody is also going to get stabbed by the giant mosquito creature, and I'm just always so hateful when somebody in a slasher movie gets killed the same way by the same weird thing twice. And so, like, I feel like the ending of this movie would have been so much more of a punch. Like, it's awesome. But like it would have been so much more of a punch if nobody had been stabbed by that mosquito yet, since we already see that this mosquito can stab somebody. Yeah. Like, no, I. I, I, I kind of wish like this scene didn't happen and Dario just showed up behind him and strangled the teacher instead of the whole remote wrangling. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Um, it's a, it's a toss-up though because it is a really cool scene, it and is. it works, and it works. 
But I just like I hate the fact that that same mosquito stabs somebody else in the same way later on. Yeah, no, that, and it, I, I feel like that. I feel like that should have been the finale. You know, it what I mean? is definitely like, a poetic kind justice of a kind of finale. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. That ending though, we'll we'll get to it. But man, the ending is so fucking good. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, um, <laughs> Jesus, there's. Uh, so many parts of this movie are so much better than they deserve to be. The <laughs> moments, because of how good all of the actors are, is, I mean, obviously that's part of it. That, like, just, there are at least two or three people in this movie that are giving, you know, a 9 out of 10 acting performance in a movie that you expect fives at best. You know, yep. even from, like, industry veterans. But, like, D. Wallace Stone is just fucking killing it. Um, and the guy that plays Toby, oh, my God. Oh, great. Holy shit. His, his performance was incredible. It's really mm -hmm. sad because he had just found out that he had AIDS at this point. Yeah. Which is a, a terrible tragedy. But you can almost, you can see that there's something even more amazing in his in his monologuing and all that he's very his emotions are like a hundred percent this is it's weird he's probably the kind, kind of person that would have enjoyed that this was such a stellar performance in a yep. in a grade he, b movie he died only uh four years after this movie came so out fucking I sad mean, man so and, and yeah like you said he found out that he had aids um, when just starting this movie yeah so yeah. it's like He's got to do this whole death dialogue and die yeah. himself and everything while knowing that he's going to die. Oh, man, that's rough. It's rough. He fucking, I mean, he killed it. Yeah. Like, it just, he's incredible. Tom Villiard. Yeah. It is knowing all of the other things that he does where he's always been like the goofy sidekick in every movie mm -hmm. that I can think of. He's always like the, the fun, stupid guy in, like, oh, yeah. you know, in yep. surf Two and weekend, in one weekend crazy Warriors. summer specifically. But uh, yeah, but those being two of my favorite movies, <laughs> I, I go to those two. Uh, I had man. a blast. I went to a uh, Matt, Matt DeMartigan's house. Yeah. To watch, He's uh, a big surf fan two. of surf too. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the only time I've ever seen it. And it is basement on a projector TV there. Oh uh, man. It was great. I've never made it over to one of Matt's things. We should also shout out to Abraxas. Holy oh, yeah. shit. Uh, home of all the most amazing movies. They are they're online. So unleashabraxas.com. Go buy your movies there. Um, yeah, man. That would yep, be really we fun. To, uh, I need to get I need to get to one of those showings. Yeah, went to Matt's uh, house to watch uh, Danger. I think it was Dangerous Men is the name of the movie. <laughs> nice. Super schlocky beef uh, flick, <laughs> Dangerous Men and Surf 2. Uh, it was it was a great night. And I still nice. need to check out Nebraxis. I, I'd never been. And then the whole fucking right, then pandemic the struck. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, check it out AlishaBraxis.com. It hasn't been great for any of us at this point. But, no. uh, yeah, okay. So now we're... Now we're back at the face floaty room and the phantom has made an exact replica of the teacher's face, which was a fun scene as well. I mean, so many of these, every scene is great, but sometimes when you do one of those scenes where it's like you're pretending that someone's actual face is a fake face, mm -hmm. it looks dark, cheesy. right? Exactly. And this was perfect. Again, maybe because the actor is so good. And also their makeup department was really kick-ass. 
holy shit, were they on point. And can and, you and imagine they're doing this in Jamaica? So you you can't just go, all right, I need, you know, three gallons of, of liquid latex, you know, or I need Hollywood foam latex. Store next door. Yep. Right, exactly. <laughs> like everyone else can just be like, all right, call Monster Makers and they'll send yeah, that shit yeah. over. <laughs> you know, you can't do that in Jamaica. So they're just like, uh, we're working with what we brought with us and what we can get from local suppliers. It's like, man, for that, I have no idea how they did what they did. I love how there's no um, foreshadowing to it either. It's just like, I mean, I guess you could argue there is in the montage when he's making face cast, but like, no, all of a sudden it just, no. from, it, it just cuts from mosquito zone to face transplant machine zone. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, and, and like, and if you're a genre fan, you know what's going on. The minute you see that face transforming machine, you're just like, oh, shit, we going here now? Yep. <laughs> I... <laughs> totally oh, on board. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Totally on board. Uh, <laughs> so let's see. Oh, yeah. So Maggie is explaining Gates to her cheating boyfriend for some fucking reason. I don't know what the point of that is. But then yeah. Toby comes in and drops an unbelievable alibi that no one in their right mind would believe where he's like, and I was chased by a dog and then clowns beat me up. And then I, you know, <laughs> like, wow, dude. Then I had weird. to run around the block and take a taxi, but the taxi was doing their laundry. So I had to help him fold the laundry. And then when I finally got back here, I'm back here now. Precisely. So that, that was his first, that was the first moment that you're like, oh, Toby's being a little on sketchy side. But uh, but they start up the amazing electrified man, which is probably my favorite of all of them. I mean, they were all amazing, but this one, <laughs> you got Bruce Glover doing another Oscar worthy performance in this one as mm. essentially this is uh, the old Lon Chaney Jr. movie. Uh, the indestructible man. It's sort of the yep. same concept as that, except yeah. instead of being indestructible, he shoots lightning um, and kills people that way. But uh, he's very clearly channeling Lon Chaney Jr. in this. Mm -hmm. And he is so good. <laughs> I, I want a full length of this movie. Now, but, now I just want to, I just want to say too, like one of my complaints last week with demons was that the on-screen movie bored me. And I was just like, move on, move on. Like, that's, that's a fake movie. I don't care. I just want to get back to the real movie. In this movie, you could argue the same thing. You could be like, yeah, that's all these fake movies. And you're just like, move on, get to the real thing. But I really enjoy the fake movies in this one. And I felt yeah. the fake movie in Demons was just dull. Like, right. I agree. We're in a graveyard. I'm... We're digging things up. We're looking at things. Ooh, cool, a book. Like, this is like total yeah. awesome schlock. And homages that just fucking land. Yeah, like every time they land them. Yeah, <laughs> just it's perfect. It's yeah, it makes. Just me... want to cover my base so nobody calls me a hypocrite here. <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny. It's I wanted it to be. I mean, because then there was the the mainstream version of this movie, which is matinee with the <laughs> Joe Dante's matinee. Yep. But I wish that they had done the same thing that matinee did when it came out on DVD. Where they're like, all right, you can watch this movie, but we also shot a 15-minute version of Mant. So you can go and watch this the fake oh, movie. <laughs> and so that's I've never, awesome. I've never actually seen Matinee. Oh, Is it's it good? Great. It's great. 
I yeah. think I have a copy in the basement. I just I've you never watched it. it in. You'll yep. love it. Nice. Uh, okay. But like on the DVD, they they finished the movie. They edited it together as though it was a you know like a short film. Oh, and neat. I wish they yep. could do that with popcorn, where we get three five-minute movies. You know, like do, you have the fancy Blu-ray, right? They I do. do they did not do that with the fancy ah. Blu-ray. But the fancy Blu-ray, uh, yeah, Snaps put it out. It is phenomenal. They did a great yep. job. Uh, nice. The big, big old documentary making of full-on everything. The transfer is gorgeous. It's yep. well worth well worth the price of admission. Um, I, I, I just have it on tape, and I actually traded it to uh, uh, my buddy Kyle, just Master General, uh, <laughs> on Instagram there. I traded him my copy of Popcorn because with some other things because he had uh, Just Before Dawn from Jeff Lieberman, and I really wanted that tape. And he accepted Popcorn and some other things for that tape and everything. And then months went by, and I was like, fuck, I really want my popcorn back. So I ended up going to Kyle's house with some other tapes to trade for him. So my popcorn went from me to Kyle back to me again. Nice. My, Good job. My, I'm glad you got it back. It's the only time I've ever traded for a tape that I had actually previously owned in my own Oh, collection. man. <laughs> it's job. too good. I had to have it back. I instantly regretted it. Oh. Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. Okay, so our uh, – oh, my God. This – this whole scene so we've got uh we've got mark losing his seat to a random dude because he's gone to visit his girlfriend and i love this stupid bit <laughs> me too so weird it's such it's like, the it's, actor it's like is such blood a good diner choice. weird yeah, yeah it is it's, it's, such, it's a total blood diner weird kind of scene <laughs> yeah i i love that they chose this guy that you're like well he does not look like she would go with him but she's going along with it just to piss him off. And it's nice. It's a, like, it's a good bit. Like it, it plays perfectly and he is exactly what they needed. Like he's a bruiser, but he's not like a buff bruiser. He just looks pudgy, but he like also looks like he would kick your ass. And he has kind of a high voice too for the big, big <laughs> tough guy. Sometimes he's overdubbed by, Matt, the guy that plays the uh, the 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 Mansonite, sometimes what when he has the <laughs> has the clip on his nose, yeah, 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 that yeah. was a gag, I guess, after the fact, where they were like, "What if we just overdub him and he has a funny voice?" Oh, I thought that was part of the whole script. <laughs> he has the the, the, yeah. the uh, stench clip on his nose, so he sounds funny and nasally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And so, oh, so the shtick here with the Tingler device is essentially that every time our, our movie villain electrocutes someone, you know, something happens in the audience and people get shocked. And there are little little shockers in the... I thought it kind of weird, though, that the shocks were done manually and only, like, one seat at a time. Like, don't you think it would have worked, like, every seat at the same time so everybody could experience that shock? Like, That's not how the Tingler worked. It wasn't. No, I don't know. The, well, I mean, I think they did it just because that's the way that the Tingler did it, because the idea was that the lights go down in the middle of the Tingler and they say the Tingler is loose in the theater. And and so it's like it's crawling under your feet. And so oh, if gotcha. you feel it, then you need to scream to let out the terror. And so if it buzzes your seat, you have to scream or else the Tingler will crawl into your spine or whatever. And it was probably more cost effective that way too, because they only wired up so right. many seats. Probably exactly. Yeah. They they didn't wire the entire 
place. Yeah. And it wasn't, and I don't think, I think it was a buzzer. I don't think it was an actual shock for the tingler either. Yeah. Okay. So. Would you wa- would you want to watch a movie like that, knowing that you could be shocked like that if it was actually electric shocked? Probably not. Me neither. I don't. Same, I don't think same, I would with, same with the stench. Would you want to watch a movie called The Stench, yes. where they actually <laughs> pump the sense in? I absolutely would. <laughs> you would? <laughs> yeah, I, I would not. I I, I would I, not I, like that. Uh, I when know. I was watching when I was watching that scene, do you remember when Jelly Belly released the um, Harry Potter jelly beans? Yeah, years yes. ago. And some of the beans tasted like boogers and stuff. And they straight up legit yep. tasted like boogers. Right. They're just like some sort of gross whatever, like vomit flavored. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and they totally nailed those flavors. But like, I Ugh. remember eating those beans and being like, this is fucking terrible. Why would anybody want this? And so when I was watching this, I was kind of like, why would anybody want to be shocked in their seat watching a movie? Or why would anybody want to smell dead dog coming through <laughs> the air fence while watching a movie? Like, I get it. It's themed, but like that doesn't seem like something got to be rushing out to do. <laughs> no, I think I think in general it's the kind of thing that you you go with a bunch of friends to dare them to do it, and that's the only reason you all go and do it. Gotcha. You yeah. Know? Okay. Like, yeah. Here in a group, I see it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just that that stupid group think that's fun <laughs> that you can use to get people to do almost anything. <laughs> so all right. So the our Vernon, our wheelchair guy starts shocking all the patrons randomly. And uh, our phantom face stealer is wearing the teacher, but his, but his eyes are exposed. So he's wearing sunglasses and he's got a little, he's got a little flappy do going on in the little, on the side there where he's starting to come, come undone a little bit. Flappy do. And apparently his lips are peeling too. So uh, the, apparently this, this teacher is sleeping with one of the students and she comes over to make out with him. And then we get absolutely my one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, which is she she starts making out with him, and then his face basically melds with hers, and we get a a society moment of like oh yeah his, his face pulling way off, just really super gross. It's cool, but it doesn't make sense. What do you mean? You don't was know. She what like this stuff was is she mean. like biting at the rubber face like? It well, almost seems like it almost seems like she was sucked into it. Yeah. And and uh, also, pardon me for forgetting her name, but she is also horror movie royalty, being from Nightmare on Elm Street Five, and uh, People Under the Stairs. She was Ruby and People Under the Stairs. Kelly. Yeah, Tina. Uh, she was not the person who was making out with her, though. Tina was not that person. That's Kelly not her. Joe, no, Kelly Joe is the one who worked the concession stand. Tina was white. <laughs> oh, then I'm not talking about her. No, you're not. But Kelly <laughs> Joe, amazing. Uh, she is another performance in this movie that is just absolutely perfect. When she when she beats up both the girlfriend and the boyfriend or and yeah, the yeah, interloping yeah, yeah. guy. Oh, that maybe, wasn't her. Okay, I'm maybe totally one of the best scenes in the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fair because Tina is almost always shot exclusively in darkness. Like, for the rest of the movie. From here on, she is, like, back. Like, she is in shadow for the rest of the movie. So you never hit a chick. Okay, that's all I need to hear. (laughs) Okay, I just needed needed to know. Uh, Yeah. Oh, I'm mixing up my people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Mask Face strangles her with a rope. And then Maggie and Mark show up right after this has happened. And basically, our masked killer operates her like a puppet. 
and does her voice and is like, oh, she's over there. You can go find her on this thing. And it's a it pretty good so little great. Yeah. Now, do you know how they did that? Or was it just... No idea. Was it actually one person moving somebody else's body parts? Or was it just that person actually acting like that? Because it looked so it good. So good. I, maybe she's very good at mime. It's like she could, I mean, obviously you can do that by yourself. It is, but it almost, it it almost looked like somebody was like, you know when they take your arm and you're like, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> like It looked like somebody controlling somebody else's body parts like that. His, he was, and so I thought that scene looked really great. He was visible in a lot of the scenes holding onto her arms. You could, yeah. you could see so wonder, him a lot of it. So, yeah. I wonder if that was like the, the actress just went limp and just let him yeah. move the limbs. Like, either way, that whole scene looked great. Very convincing and really cool. So, in another horror movie cliche moment, Mark for some reason locks them out of the out of the theater in a moment of just like tension for the sake of tension. Um, so, the uh, the the killer's now dressed as Tina, and he ties up Vernon, our our wheelchair guy, and does a a real like you were saying before, like a real saw thing. It's with a total him. saw moment, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. like shaves his head hooks battery cables up to the I, I did like this because an awful lot of the time you get these kinds of movies that are like aha i've got this friggin like a quarter inch cable that's going into a signal plug and it's like yep that's like 0. 0.003 volts it's gonna <laughs> it's great it can't do anything other than that and this one he hooks up jumper cables to it and he has like a real plan to get extra yeah. voltage to this thing um but yeah he he hooks up the uh the cap and, the, and everything and the fact that he kept slapping the sides of Vernon's head bothered me yeah. i was just like oh my gosh that's just so evil like you're tied up and somebody just keeps boxing your ears a lot like ugh. that <laughs> moment was so it's good it's a tiny torture yeah yeah but it's also like the way that he did it, it was that that motion that you do like when somebody's so annoyed and they're like, I just want to fucking kill you in a different way. I, I can't hold myself back from killing you. And mm-hmm. I don't even want to wait for this thing to electrocute you, but I'm going to and I'm just going to walk away because I know that it's going to be worth it to have you die this way. Mm. And it's just like, oh, again, the acting. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And he apparently he basically told the actor who was doing it. I can't remember who was actually playing Tina at that point, but he was like, just go for it. Beat me up. Do it. Oh, I nice. want it to look real. So just like, yep. you're, you're free to yeah, beat sure. the crap yep. out of me. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah. Respect. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Much respect for that. Um, okay. So essentially they, they fry him. You know, he tries to get loose. There's a lot of tension stuff going on. Oh, he's almost going to get the plug. And then. And it's so cool, too, because it mixes in with the movie. So everything yeah. in the electric movie, every new person he electrocutes makes one new light bulb blink up. Yeah. And according to the tape, once all those lights light up, you're toast. Yeah. So it's kind of like he's watching the movie and every new person he electrocutes is. And he keeps grabbing people, you know, in the movie to make like an electric daisy chain. And yep. every time it does, it keeps blinking up another light. He keeps struggling for that one fucking plug, but he can't reach it. And it's so good. It's a, because it's a they, great scene. Yeah. It, and there, there is that like uh, final destination thing going on in the, in the movie, in the movie where it's like, 
Oh, I'm not going to actually kill this person. I'm just handing him over his switchblade, and then he steps on it, and he electrocutes him, and that's, ah! that's how he dies. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. so good. Beautiful. Uh, and so <laughs> this this being the least sane part of this movie, uh, <laughs> the lights blow, like everything explodes. The hot dog machine goes haywire. You know, scream time goes nuts. Everything's going crazy. And then the power goes out entirely. And then they're like, shit, what are we going to do? Let's call up a band that plays electric instruments. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of just sitting there going <laughs> in a way that nobody can hear it, these guys sound great. I don't know what's going on, but uh, they, do, yeah. they, they bring it's their that, own electricity. It's that reggae energy, man. <laughs> yep, it's it, that must be it. It's it's that Caribbean sort of, flavor. It's Listen to it on MPG Saturdays vibration. at ten. <laughs> yes. Uh, I will say that apparently this movie did speak to me re- deeply. I literally listened to Bob Marley all day long today, <laughs> and I was like, "Why am I doing this? Oh, it must be this movie." <laughs> They are Aussie D and Steve G, and and it was amazing. Everybody in the audience knew the lyrics to this fucking song. They were all singing along with this this random reggae song, which, as it turns out, was a number one hit in Jamaica while like for like many months. So the actual crowd did know the song. All the Jamaicans in the crowd were like, oh, Fuck yeah, this awesome yep. song. <laughs> I know this. And so they were they were stoked to hear this playing over the PA and everything. So really interesting. Damn. Um, you so with Maddie, that Blu-ray commentary, bringing the fucking facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, thanks again to Synapse for that. Uh, Maggie finds the burning <laughs> control board and and a body next to it. And she's like, Oh no, it's Vernon's corpse. And I need to go see it. Oh no, it's actually our crazy face stealing killer. And he's alive. He claims to be her father. And then she runs away from it in a star Wars moment. So (laughs) no, that's impossible. (laughs) Yeah. And then she just runs away. So she then runs into Toby, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But that's okay. So that was Toby, and he was in a full costume. He was fully dressed in that costume with another face. And then she runs we're going, away we're from going, him. We're going, we're going back to the My Favorite Martian 2 Toby theory now. I know. <laughs> it, it is weird. Yeah. But so something happens, and there he is. She runs into into Toby's arms, and he starts comforting her. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Toby's here. So she once once she talks to Toby, she has the realization that she is Sarah. Um, and the person that she thought was her mom was actually her aunt. And so and in this big event that happened in her life, her aunt shot the lanyard before he could kill Maggie, who is actually Sarah. <laughs> uh it's a and very so, big, big backstory. <laughs> it is. And then this is yet another horror movie moment where basically she's there. She's in the arms of this guy and she's like, oh boy, thank God. Now I don't have to go to the police. 
Wait, no. Run out the front door. <laughs> go to a payphone and call the fucking police. Mm-hmm. Go to the lobby and have someone in the lobby call the police while you call the police on a payphone. And everybody calls the police. Uh, call every police. But no. Nope. So you're saying let's go out to the lobby? Let's all go out to the lobby <laughs> and call ourselves the police. Okay. <laughs> So, but instead of calling the police, she follows Toby into the fucking murder basement <laughs> and so that they can restart the breakers. Uh, Toby takes a fall that sounds like, <laughs> like he is dead. Toby takes a, a career ender of a sounding fall, <laughs> but I guess he's fine. Um, oh, he could. He's, he's okay. Uh, and so, oh, look, Mr. Davis is in the basement. Wait a minute. Hey, so's oh. Tina. Oh, no. Nope. Just creepy face stealing guy. So whatever. Upstairs, lights come back on and they start playing the stench. I'm very excited about. Uh, and back in his lair, we get our killer explaining his whole thing about swapping faces and all this other stuff. He explains that he's not really her father. And that he was just a, an innocent victim of the fire and he wants revenge because her aunt shooting her father caused the fire that killed his mother and disfigured him. <laughs> Holy shit. In any other movie, this much plot dump would ruin it. But somehow it's understandable. Somehow they've made this narrative so that you do know what's they going on. They make it on. work. It, they do, even though I, in the commentary, there are at least two cast members who do not know what the plot of this movie is. <laughs> They're I like, wait, you. so she's, that's, that's her, that's her dad? No, yeah. it's not her dad. But wait, so her, but <laughs> it was, it was actually kind of upsetting to hear. I, love, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the exact line either, but I love when he exposes everything to her. She goes, you're crazy. <laughs> He's like. You're just now figuring You're that just out. Figuring that and out. I am the crazy one. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So yeah. Tom Villard is just like master class in like yeah, how this to This is a master class of acting. Yeah. How to overact in a way that is still perfect. Um, and it's just, it's exactly what they need. So it's not, I, 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 I feel he fits actor. right in with like Jim Carrey and, uh, Matt Frewer. Yeah. He's, both people oh, that could, both people that could overact yeah. completely, but at the same time, you still believe their character. Like, yeah, yeah, this yep. is, this is just phenomenal. So he explains yeah. that he explains that basically what he thinks is that if he can recreate the circumstances of, his life being ruined, ergo recreate the possessor incident that he can, that it'll make his craziness go away. That, yes. that by, by doing, by, by finally killing her, that will be the, that will be the cap on this that puts his childhood trauma to rest. Which is crazy. <laughs> but at least he admits that he's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Mark and I just I just want to say I love the makeup job too on oh him my God. with the, with the with the whole Bernie flesh and uh, the big giant over yeah. staples you know what I mean holding it it's, and the it's fact great. that he's just got this like rectangular stapled out mouth 
the whole time. Like I just yeah. loved all the look of his character. It, it absolutely awesome. My only complaint, and it's a very minor one, mm-hmm. is that when he is in that in the 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 Toby the no skin Toby, yep, he can't talk as well as he can normally, and so gotcha. sometimes sometimes his. You know, I think it's a day-to-day thing, like, depending on how the makeup went on. But <laughs> sometimes it seems like he's a little limited. There are little moments when he's, like, he's kind of <laughs> got a little bit of that going on because he can't quite close his mouth. But oh, I didn't notice it. You don't think they would just overdub that shit? <laughs> most of this movie was, was looped, so it is weird. Yep. Yeah, apparently. I didn't notice, personally. I... It's. I only noticed when the director said it. Like the director explained that the whole movie, like almost the entire movie, was looped for. I only notice when I do these podcasts that I don't right. notice a lot of right. things. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, so okay. So in now we're back in the lobby with Mark, who has gotten beaten up yet again, <laughs> and he's he's being tended to by the fake nurse and. Yeah. Uh, and That's Nightmare awesome. on Elm Street, People Under the Stairs, Girl, and yep. uh, and Joy comes in. His his new hot girlfriend comes in, and she starts shit with him. And she's like, ah, "I saw your girlfriend with Toby, and she was doing blah blah blah, and they were going at it and whatever." <laughs> and then she goes to hit him, and somebody stops her hand and then the big dude comes out and he starts some shit, but he's got the clip on his nose. So he's got the high voice and it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it was pretty good. That's totally my kind of dumb USA up on that humor <laughs> that I love so much. <laughs> yeah. So, so Cheryl, uh, who is our uh, nightmare on Elm street, Kelly Joe, uh, she, okay. she stands up and she's like, no, Mark's been beaten up like five times today. You need to go through me if you're going to try to beat him up a fourth time. And uh, <laughs> and we get that great quote, which was the... I don't hit chicks. <laughs> I've never... You don't. I never hit a chick in my life. <laughs> Good. That's all I she, wanted to hear. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> yep, knocks him on his ass and then proceeds to beat up the other girl, drag her out the door with her arm bars her pushes her out the door and then kicks the other guy in the ass out the door and locks them out so good (laughs) pretty pretty great little scene uh okay and so now we're back upstairs uh oh we get the we get the first mention that so they're like oh well where is toby uh and she's like oh he's at this address and he's you know like He's usually here from three to seven, and he also, you know, because she's obsessed with him. Obsessed. So we find out that she's like or stalking. Totally, yeah, <laughs> it, the address thing is a little little disturbing. Mm-hmm. But it also <laughs> stalking Toby turns out to save your life. So yeah, um, yep, yep, yep. There you, there you go. Yep, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat talking trees. Uh, so <laughs> back in the basement, D. Wallace is alive. <laughs> We find out yeah. he hasn't killed her. He has walled her up in a full body cast in the position she was when she fired the bullet that ruined his life. And so name she- another movie that this happens in. It's so freaking unique. So you know? weird. And poor <laughs> D Wallace. Apparently she was actually in that thing. 
Like, oh, no. That was yeah. a giant. Well, I mean, it wasn't like stone. It was like paper mache. Yeah. But they paper macheed her in there and she couldn't move until the thing was done. Especially yep. when he's dancing with her. When it had to spin around in a circle, they yeah. had to close her in so that they could so that they could show every angle. Oh, and no. So, <laughs> so that must was she have wearing? Sucked. Was she wearing Depends? God, I would imagine so. I think you can see kind of like an area where they could cut her out if they yeah. needed to. So like they just run a, an exacto over it and then put more paper mache over the whole. It reminds well. me of uh, Lisa Marie and uh, Mars Mars Attacks, where yeah. she had to wear that slinky dress that was so tight that she couldn't even sit down. So like between takes, they just had this board that she would lay on. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. But yeah, so she. She is a trooper. You can definitely say that. I, I, I always just think about going to the bathroom during those scenes. Like that's that's just my thought process. Like, yeah. Man, what if I have to pee? What you know what I mean? Like, oh, you just spent like eight hours putting me in this crazy ass makeup rig, and now I need to piss. And like, um. <laughs> and it's and it's one of those things where if you start thinking about it, it's all over. You got to. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. All you could totally think, think you could totally think of pee. <laughs> oh God. Yep. And so speaking <laughs> speaking of P, uh, so Toby's a bit nuts. Oh, he, uh, fuck he decides that to so awesome. dress up like the the white haired lunatic walk on character, yep. and uh, and saddles up beside him while he's at the urinal, dressed exactly I love like him. This scene so and, much, like, dude. As far as like ex- like this is another expert filming thing. You've got the two mirrors behind. You've yeah. got the two characters they in added, front. They had to add that technical detail. Perfect. Why would, <laughs> you, why would you up the difficulty level so far? But they did and nailed it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you did not need that, that back <laughs> mirror. No, there was no but, reason to have those two back mirrors. But you yet, did, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's just phenomenal. So, yeah. So he's... So they're they're peeing together, and then Toby turns and just pees on his leg for some weird reason. Then, just because creepy, man. Well, imagine imagine pissing at a urinal, and your exact doppelganger doppelganger steps up next to you and starts peeing, and then just turns and starts peeing on you. That's fair. (laughs) That would be weird. That would be the creepiest thing ever. (laughs) Would be really weird. Uh, I'd be too creeped out to even turn the stream on him. I'd just be like, oh, what the hell's going on? What's happening? (laughs) Yeah, no, that that is super creepy. Uh, And so he throws him into a bathroom stall and then throws a pellet into the toilet of something. I don't know. Maybe it's a chlorine reaction or something. But some sort of thing that kills him, melts him, something. I'm a little bothered by this scene because I think, like, dude could have easily jumped (laughs) over the stall. Like, it's a pretty wide, like, I mean, it wouldn't yeah. be pleasant. You'd no. probably fall, it, yep. but, like, you could get out of there. Yeah. Or yeah. even underneath. You can crawl under a stall. Like, but it did lead yes. to a pretty funny joke later on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, so he's killed this guy, and he's now dressed up as him. And so Toby goes up dressed as this person, goes back to where he was before, and talks to the nurse lady. And this and basically, as soon as he's up there, she he was clearly there to kill her like he he dressed up as the person that was next to her. So, of course, he's going to come up and he's going to murder her. So in in a weird change up of events, 
he she confronts him instantly by saying, I'm in love with Toby. You've got to tell me what his deal is. I just, I can't stop thinking about this guy and I'm obsessed with him. And Toby's got his head turned and he's still got the, he's got the no face. Oh, he's about to stab too. And then when she says, he's like, oh. (laughs) And it really disturbs him. And it's another like full on emotional beat that another movie like this would not have. Like, yeah. would have ignored and it is such a good emotional beat where it's like he's confused and he's like this adds complexity to this I don't understand what this emotion is I'm going to leave and he mm-hmm. does and it's another thing that brings more meaning to his death too at the end um, so nurse is uh, spraying the aroma thing into the big <laughs> the big distributor and uh, and Toby is like soliloquizing downstairs about how he has no life. He's gone back down after failing to kill the nurse. And he's like, you know, I can't do anything. I can't go to the movies. I can't go to the grocery store. I don't have this. I'll never have kids. I'll never have blah, 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 blah. Uh, and so meanwhile, while he's doing like yelling at the two people who he has in his little lair, Mark goes to Toby's house and talks to his landlord he goes to his apartment and his landlord is basically ransacking the place and throwing shit out so he's basically like if you see him i'm gonna kick his ass because he's a crazy person and he's probably a serial killer and he's got you know heads and weird stuff in the bathroom and whatever and so mark sees all of the 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 cutting like the newspaper clippings and all that stuff all over the walls referencing all of these people and he's starting to realize that if something's going wrong it's probably toby uh and so he runs out oddly the landlord is also the guy who played the warden in the electro the electric whatever the the electric man oh, was really i didn't notice that yeah <laughs> so he's apparently a fairly well-trod character actor uh, but well, he claims again, that he's an actor too. Is that the humor? Was that the joke there? That might be like, it too. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, okay. So that movie is super old. Was he the same looking in that? Maybe he was supposed to be the same person. That would be weird. Oh, that is totally the joke. That's why he was saying he's an actor because he must have been in that movie. Yeah. Holy shit! Wow, <laughs> that is. Because he's a super extra, old actor, like yeah. not super old, but like old as right. far as actors go. When you're thinking, yeah, definitely Holy not a fresh shit. face. Yeah, very very <laughs> meta. Wow. So, Toby drugs Maggie, sets up Possessor to run, and it starts. It interrupts the stench, which everyone was very excited about. Everybody <laughs> wants were, to see they were a, a Japanese too movie. About that. <laughs> About, <laughs> about horrible smells. That well, movie looked boring as fuck. It really, really <laughs> did. It really did. It was mostly like spelunking scenes, which are like yeah, yeah, second yeah, yeah. only to scuba diving scenes and their boringness in movies. Um, Unless you're to the, the descent, get the fuck out. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> Toby, Toby's drugged Maggie uh, and... Once once this starts playing, the audience goes fucking nuts. Like they're revolting. They're really mad that it's playing. Yeah. And 
Toby starts coming down the aisle and he's like riling them up like this is all part of this whole thing. Like this is all part of the show. He's like, yeah, this sucks. I hate this too. He's like, your makeup's dumb too. Come on. You know, like, it's so good. It is. Like so he good. is so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And damn shame. He, damn shame. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, it really is. And so he, he comes down, he goes up to the stage and he's setting up his camera to do this whole thing. I think he's not visible to the audience at this point. He's behind a screen and he's reenacting some scenes that may be playing somewhere else. You can't quite tell if that's the deal, but he's reenacting what's yeah. happening in the film. Then the curtain lifts. Oh, he puts also he puts uh, Maggie into a big metallic trap dress <laughs> with with a great little quip. I bet you just thought Iron Maiden was a metal band. <laughs> Perfect. A second Iron Maiden reference in the movie. Yeah. So. Now it all makes sense. Yes. (laughs) Curtain lifts. He's he's lifted his. He has murdered the fake person. He's put the the dagger down onto the table. There's no way there. But obviously the woman was murdered in the movie. He comes up and he's. So. uh, Oh. Meanwhile, Mark is climbing the building to get back in. That's because the front doors were locked because of the dirt bag beat up lockout scene. Yep. Yes. Which makes sense. Yep. And so he so he's got his big knife up over his head and then he starts like goading the audience and he's like doing a big grand guignol like Wizard of Gore kind of thing where he's like, it's so cool. Should we pardon the virgin? And everybody, of course, is like, no, we want to see. Oh, no, kill her. We think, we think it's a stage show. Yeah. It's a stage show. So <laughs> obviously we want to see her killed. Uh, and yep. so they're they're chanting for her to die. And she's like, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not fake. Guys, who's going to believe it, though? Nobody. You know? Yeah. Nobody. And so he's like, all right, we're going to count down to midnight. And then I'm going to that I'm going to murder her. And so we get this big countdown with the the entire audience giving Mark enough time to zip line down onto the stage. I, I really wish the countdown was just a 10 second instead of a 30. That was weird. That was a, tiny that was little, a lot tiny, of time. Tiny little pet peeve of mine. Everybody's like 30, 29, 28, 20. No, 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 no. Nobody counts down from 30. It's only the last 10 seconds you count down on anything. New Year's, uh, Grand Guggenhall death scenes in a movie theater. <laughs> like, you start at 10. Nobody starts at 30. <laughs> hey, he's doing it differently. Uh, but don't worry. If he had counted down from 10, he probably would not have been killed not by, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by a mosquito. So Mark ziplines down and... <laughs> Instead of saving the day, this is another thing that I really enjoy. Is that Mark I love it. I love save it. the day. This is not a heroic moment. This is an accidental fuck up that lets him win. So he yep. he ziplines down and he crashes into a giant pile of boxes, and we don't see him again. He's basically like fumbling around with a box on his head for the rest of this whole thing. He is not effective. What happens is that by accident, when he ziplined down, it shorted out the mosquito. And now the mosquito is, I don't know, 
doesn't have its brakes on or something. <laughs> and so sure. it comes loose yeah. from its moorings and swings down and impales Toby. And this is amazing. I mean, this moment it's, of it's Toby, three quarters it, amazing in my book. Oh, it would have been a hundred percent if they didn't already kill somebody with a mosquito before. It's true. Ah. But the uh, but the part of it that blows my mind is just the fact that there's this guy who's been killing people that you know we're set up to like these people pretty much, mm-hmm. um, and he's obviously a bad person and he's obviously the villain. We like him. Like mm-hmm. when you see him die, it's sad. Like oh, he's yeah. a, he is still a tragic character. His story yep. is played through in a way that he's not Freddy. He's not Jason. He's not a generic. He is. He's a three-dimensional. No, he's very fleshed out. Yep. Like he has, he has sympathetic qualities, and they've established enough sympathetic qualities that when that slow motion moment of him dying, it's like you feel for him. You honestly mm-hmm. are like, ah, oh, man, that sucks. Agree. <laughs> like, yep. I wish he had chosen a better way to deal with his problems. Oh well. <laughs> I guess I guess in I guess in Finland this movie was called Phantom of the Cinema. That makes sense. I mean, so that would totally a... fit into that sympathetic phantom vibe that you were just and, pitching. And, all, yep. and also, you know, the fact that our main actor, our Mark, was the Phantom of the Mall certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. He was Eric. From Phantom of the Mall. So, what? Yeah, that was Eric, bro. I'm terrible with faces. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Eric's face had a thing on it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Holy shit. What a weird connection. That is a weird connection. Um, it's weird that he didn't do any karate in this. That was kind of his thing. Hmm. In, he got beat up. He got, he got beat up good. I guess you get he beat got, up and you get beat up in karate sometimes. He got he punched using, in the face. He was just three using times. that that form of his skill sets in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> taking a punch. He mm-hmm. was very good at taking a punch in this. Yeah. And so, and, <laughs> and we end the movie with uh like I said, was supposed to be the kind of sleazier version. And instead we just get like kind of a wrap up and it's like, hey, everything's gonna be okay now. And then we then we pan out. We we I think we dolly out. Do we no? We uh, do we crane out? Something happens. I think we just fade to black, bro. <laughs> oh really? I was hoping that we craned out. Either way, no. We just we just, we we just get... fade to black and we hear that shitty ass uh, rap song again. That's gonna <laughs> go movie, on my now. That's what I call rap movie song you about movies. <laughs> Volume um, six. Yeah, but like, uh, man, the end line is terrible. Or it's just like it is. Just like, oh, will you hold me? Mm. <laughs> Cue the music. Like, really? I yeah. mean, what you said. What you said sounds even worse. Like, oh, if they absolutely. just kept going with that virginity thing, like, so much. That's worse. not even. That's not even refreshing or fun to watch or see. Like, losing your virginity is not that cool. It's, it's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> what I think is interesting is I wonder if it was even worse than I'm saying it is because they only hint at it in the in the commentary because yeah. uh it's it's hosted by like uh, the one of the ladies from Horror Hound and she's okay. like I got the script and I read through it and there was a really sleazy gross ending and he was like yeah ah. there was and we decided that was dumb and we're not going to do that <laughs> so 
oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and so I can only assume that it's like that the character's journey was losing her virginity, that that was supposed to be her, that that's how she arced in the story. I mean, you, you can kind of Hollywood romanticize that as you will, but it's just always usually kind of awkward. Yeah, of <laughs> not like a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not going to be great. But no. either way, <laughs> uh, man, so, so perfect. This movie is so far up in my in my pantheon of great genre flicks yeah i it just doesn't get any better than this movie for me i love it and uh for years i've been wearing my popcorn hat (laughs) that was a uh i'm not sure if that was a uh i i assume it was a video store promotion has to be yeah not not a theatrical because this bomb so bad in theatrics but like yeah when popcorn came out on video yeah I assume yeah. tons of video stores got their popcorn hat promo hats to give away. <laughs> and uh, they are hard to find. And I'm sure. uh, I mean, go on eBay right now. Try to buy yourself a popcorn hat. There ain't Fine, none. I will. Like, <laughs> yeah. There ain't I, none. I would imagine so. I think like, I saw uh, this. I think I saw this movie in the theater when it came out. Um, yeah. I think I had to go to Caribou because it wasn't playing in Presque Isle. But. Uh, My, my uh, my buddy in Maryland, Matt Kaufman. Uh, you can follow Matt Kaufman at Crash Override on Instagram. Uh, he he was at a horror convention and somebody had popcorn promo hats and they were selling them for five bucks a pop. <laughs> and he was like, oh, "That's cool, but I don't really need any popcorn promo hats." He came back the next year. Dude was still there selling popcorn promo hats. <laughs> and he was like, "Okay, I'll grab them this time." There was two of them, only two of them, a hot pink and hot yellow. So he's oh got the hot pink God. one himself, and he sent me the hot yellow. Uh, so, yeah, I, and I still wear my popcorn hat almost on the daily. I swap that out with my new kids on the block hats in 1990 when they were here at Old Orchard Beach. Uh, <laughs> I love wearing those old-ass hats. <laughs> so if any of y'all got old-ass promo hats, <laughs> oh, man. send them I'm, my way. That's so good. I will, I, re- I will legitimately wear them. When I was working at Videoport, I was basically – like there was a, there was a contest – to win, uh, to win a hat that was essentially a promo for Rumble in the Bronx. And I was yep. like, you have to give me this fucking hat. And they were like, you can't enter it. You don't work here. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a subcontractor. I run Videoport Delivers. It's different. And I deliver pornos to creep. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. My job is delivering pornos to creep. You've got to cut me some slack. And I think eventually Bill was like, fine you can enter it and i did and i i won one of the weeks and uh and i finally got to take the rumble in the bronx hat home and it was my favorite thing ever and i have no idea where it went (laughs) to be fair i I wore it to death i know our listeners can't hear this but check this hat out this is honey i blew up the baby the original (laughs) title to honey i blew up the kid so this is a original Honey, I Blew Up the Baby production hat. What could there possibly be about the words Honey, I Blew Up the Baby that would make people concerned in the promotions department? I've been, I've been mulling it over. It's so strange because when you say Honey, I Blew Up the Baby, it makes me think of an exploding baby. Yes, but when you does. say Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, it makes me think of like a kid getting really big. What is the difference between a kid getting big and a baby blowing up? It's true. I don't right? know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe it's just because you know the movie. Uh, but either way, it is still funny. 
Yeah. So, honey, I blew up the baby. This is an original. Uh, this is given to me by uh, Bobby Knight from Universe Retro uh, on YouTube. So, if you're looking for YouTube channels to watch, look up Universe Retro. They got great stuff. Awesome. Oh man. So that is. I think this is now officially the longest podcast we've ever done. Is Seriously? Because I, I think it's a an hour and forty something like that. We say that a bunch. <laughs> That's true, but I think it's just because we keep pushing the limits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so follow <laughs> us at Funbox Monster Podcast if you made it this far. And uh, buy stuff from me at CoastCityComics.com. Uh, and follow Matt. At Matt Awkward, BHS Fiend on Instagram, where I'll probably just like pimp out CoastCityComics.com and tell you to buy stuff there. Perfect. <laughs> this is the greatest plan ever. <laughs> and we have T-shirts. Buy a Funbox Monster baby. Podcast T-shirt. Buy yourself yeah. a Funbox Monster Podcast t-shirt at CoastCityComics.com Do today. it. Awesome, guys. <laughs> well, it's a thousand degrees in here, so I'm going to turn on a fan and shut this thing off. Oh, you off. too? Yeah, yeah, my fan's off to do this shit, and it sucks. <laughs> no, yeah, it does. <laughs> so let's end this and uh, and turn on some fans, shall we? Yeah, we shall. <laughs> I love this plan. Awesome, Matt. Always great to see you, and Always I will talk to you next week. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> Goodbye. Peace. <Faces. laughs>